0: What's up everybody? Welcome back to the Stay United podcast after a little break here to speak about our loss in the FA Cup to Leicester and some other news circling around the club at this current moment of time. Before I get into that remember to follow at Pod on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok in order to know when new episodes are being released and to speak with a Manchester United and football fan like many of you are. So... I've let this one sit for a few days because I knew it was going to be an international break of course and even though I did, I still have a feeling of frustration and disappointment. The funny thing from early is that I said we started a game of energy, with pace, intensity, quick passing with accuracy at that and the thing that I unfortunately had to ask and note down was whether we could sustain this level of play. And it didn't even last for 10 minutes. Well, it did, but after that, it went downhill. You know, same old sloppy passing out the back and the midfield, which resulted in us conceding a horrible first goal. A risky pass from Harry Maguire and Fred. But, But when Fred has the ball, the weight of pass to Dean Henderson was just all wrong. And that was his game for the 84, I think, minutes that he played. You know, I I don't know how he did, but it is what it is now. And before I get into anything else, the racial abuse continues. And I'm not going to stop saying, I'm going to stop saying this disgraceful, in fact, because we all know what it is. We will continue to keep it in the public light so that, you know, what are the social media platforms doing? It's all gone a bit silent, don't you think? Anyways, pretty much throughout the whole game, Leicester dominated us. We weren't, we were never able to regain control of the game, which I thought was just, you know, all be they being tactically outshone. You know, we were lucky not to lose by more goals. And the last thing I wanted to mention, which is becoming a slight problem now, is. Ole's decision making when it comes to tactical changes in game. He made four substitutions at one time, brought off Pogba, which I understood because he just came back from injury. And also Donny van de Beek, who didn't even have a bad game. He just couldn't get the ball because our midfield cannot pass the ball forwards consistently. One thing I will say is that Donny plays the camp position the way it should be played. That's not me saying that he's a better player than Bruno Fernandes. So don't take it out of context. But look how many times Bruno has to drop deep to receive the ball because he won't get it otherwise. That's him coming out of the team shape in order to make things happen. And it does work from time to time. But he shouldn't have to do that every game. And wouldn't have to do that if we had a pair of midfielders like were and somebody else next to him, you had the ability to play forward passes, not backwards and sideways. Positive football. Uh, I'm going to get through this quickly because I know by now a lot of people are sick and tired of speaking about this game, but player ratings, Dean Henderson, a six. Aaron wan six defensively, you have no problems with him. But his problems come going forward, and he needs to be better going forward. You know, his touches off. He looks like he has no confidence. You know, he doesn't want to cross in the ball. And when he does, sometimes it's good, but most of the time it's just poor. He needs to get better in that position if you want to be a, a legendary Manchester United right-back. You don't even have to be legendary. If we are going to compete for titles in the future and Aaron Wan-Bissaka is going to be our starting right back, he needs to be a two-way player. It's as simple as that. Lindelof of five, Harry Maguire of four. The centre-backs were poor, but you guys already know this. We saw the mistakes from both of them. It's just not good enough. And what else can you say about a partnership? You know, nothing's going to change At least for this season Alex Teller's a 5 Fred 4 Terrible game Gave away the ball Took too many touches Probably was his worst <laughs> performance in the United shirt But Ole is a contributor to that Because for some reason He didn't take him off until the end of the game That's all I have to say about that Matic 5 Paul Pogba 6 This is what can happen when he plays on the left. We need Paul in that midfield because of his passing quality. You, know, you take away from his game on the wing and that isn't good management of your players if you do that. I know we got injuries, but you know we we still have options. Put Paul, Paul we needed Paul Pogba in that midfield for the game because the midfield was poor. They got dominated. They couldn't pass the ball. They couldn't do anything. We couldn't control the game because our midfield was so lacklustre. <laughs> Mason Green with six, Donny van de Beek and Anthony Martial both got fives. Look, what can you do? All the forwards were neglected. The one time we did get a decent chance, they pounced on it and got the goal. But apart from that, we were absolutely tranquillised by Leicester. And that's up to Brendan Rodgers tactically outdoing Ole and his players executing the game plan to perfection. Or near perfection. So enough of that game. Let's talk about the other news that's been circulating around. And I'll start with Nicky Butt leaving his role as head of first team development. And it came as unexpected news for me and a lot of people. You know, then there was a story on the Athletic by Laurie Whitwell, saying that the recent promotions for John Myrtle and Darren Fletcher created some frustration and friction, mainly between himself and Myrtle, not so much with Fletcher, even though he did aspire to be in that role. And it's kind of a messy situation, to be fair. You know, if you were in the club for how long, Bot has been, I'd kind of be upset too. But that's another thing you have to speak about. The, the favouritism that Ed Woodward shows to certain people. John Myrtle. I'm speaking about. That, for me, is pure favouritism. You never know, he could do great in a job. But right now, it looks like a favouritism move rather than someone who's deserving of the role. The other piece of news was that apparently Ole will be committing to a new contract at United soon. Apparently, it will be a 2 plus 1, which is the option to another year. His salary will also increase to 10 million per year. And, you know, I'm not going to say too much about it. I feel like there should be requirements such as winning a trophy in order to be rewarded with a new contract. Or at least a few weeks ago, I felt like that, which because obviously now with us only being in the Europa League, um that will be difficult this year. Is it contract expires in the summer of twenty twenty two and it looks like the board want to tie him down and tie him up for longer? This is a big decision by the club. And I'm I'm halfway in, halfway out because I see, you know, if you sack Solskjaer, what difference is it gonna make for the new manager coming in? We've seen David Moyes, who was just absolutely terrible. We saw Louis van Gaal and Jose Mourinho. And those are the two managers I want to focus on. Louis van Gaal and Jose Mourinho didn't get the support they wanted, didn't get the players they wanted in. And in the end, it was that that got them sacked. Plus, you know, other factors like Mourinho apparently falling out with players and stuff like that. Players not liking the football that Louis van Gaal was playing. So, when you think about it, if Ole gets sacked and another manager comes in, what will be different? You know, what is going to change? Maybe there will be changes on the pitch. You never know. You never know what will happen. But is it going to be a significant difference where, you know, the manager is not going to bet the players they want. Cause our board is just like that. Our board is like that. So it's gonna be down to the manager to get the best out of the players that he has. And that's a that's a that's a tough ask to make progress with the current squad that we have. You know, it's, it's a tough ask. All I can hope is that this season Ole gets the players that he needs for the team and wants. And it's as simple as that. You know, it's, it's, it, I, think about it. I hope on everything that it works out the way we want it to. You know, get rid of your agendas and all that silly stuff. We want Manchester United to be back at the top. And a number of things need to be done first for that to happen. The question is, will they be done? Will we sign the players we need, the centre-backs, the, the defensive midfielders, the wingers, the strikers possibly? Will we sign those players? And they don't all have to be signed in the summer. That's a tough ask, especially for this board. But we're talking about summer, January transfer window, the summer after that. I want to see progress every single transfer window that will push us further and further and get us closer to the Manchester cities and the liverpools that continuously run away with the league year after year Remember to follow at stay etd pod on Instagram Twitter and TikTok in order to know when new episodes are being released and to speak with a Manchester United and football fan like many of you are The Stay United podcast is on many platforms including Spotify Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts so be sure to listen and share it to your family and friends if you enjoy. If you liked me including some of the weekly news in the podcast let me know on Twitter at StayUTDPod and Instagram and I'll do a lot more. You know I think it's very important to know the news and what's going on with within the club as well so you know it's it's something different rather than just speaking about the games itself. Thank you for all the support as always and until the next time, stay united my peoples.